Welcome to the Cashflow Guys podcast. Join Tyler and his team as they unlock the secrets to achieving financial independence through wealth building strategies inspired by Robert Kiyosaki and other thought provoking leaders. Learn to build leveraged streams of cash flow that land in your pocket and improve your quality of life. Gain access to cutting edge ideas that will increase your productivity and streamline your success. Find out how to supercharge your retirement plan so you won't have to retire with a pay cut. You can escape the rat race. Are you ready? It's time to learn to earn with Tyler Chef. Welcome to Cashflow Guys Podcast. Today we're going to talk about foreclosure auctions specifically buying in foreclosure auctions. This is something that is done quite often, of course, and I know a lot of you guys that listen to the show, you're not necessarily buying guys and girls, you're not necessarily buying in foreclosure auctions, but I also know a lot of you are because I reach out, I talk, a lot of you reach out to me through the cashflowguys.com forward slash ask Tyler link, and I want to address some of the concerns that have come up lately. Recently, I had a guy reach out to me who had bought at a foreclosure auction, found out that there were some liens on there that well, they just weren't disclosed to him up front. So we immediately got Kevin Overstreet at uh, Insured Title on board, and he was able to make some corrections. That was a few months ago. Kevin, of course, runs into this situation every day. Now, those of you who listen to the show regularly know that Kevin has been on the show before. He's one of our favorite guests. The audience, you guys have just blown up his phones, so feel free to do that again. Makes Kevin's day. Um, he's here to help. He's a, a very important part of my team, Kevin and his team. Matter of fact, late last night, one of his team was over at one of my clients' houses at 8 o'clock at night signing the papers on the kitchen counters just to make get it done. That's kind of how we roll here at the Cashflow Guys. But anyway, we're talking about getting hurt, investors getting hurt during the initial period of ownership, Kevin. Yes. This has been a problem that, that comes up time and time again and you've basically come up with a way to kind of stupid-proof this whole thing and make it so the investor doesn't get burnt. Now, I know a lot of what happens is, and I know the listeners are probably thinking, well, listen, I know what you're going to say. Fine, I go out and pick 10 properties. I spend 150, I pay you 150 bucks to do a title search. Well, but here's what you guys got to understand. That's 1150 bucks to us, and then $1,150, our money goes out the window because we don't get any of those deals. So what is the solution? We want the title insurance because for those of you that don't know, you buy at the foreclosure auction, you're not getting any title insurance. You're getting, if I'm correct, a certificate of title, right, Kevin? Yes, okay. a certificate of title uh, issued by the clerk of the court uh, for whatever county you're purchasing the property in. Right. And it carries um, no guarantees whatsoever. I mean, it, it, imagine... A, a government office saying we promise anything it's not going to happen right so they are transferring title to you uh, think of it as a quick claim deed but a little bit worse a quick claim deed is typically someone who is in title or at least thinks they're entitled voluntarily giving their rights to the property to you right a certificate of title is the county um, who has assisted the, the the court who has assisted the lender in taking the property from the homeowners typically 
not the most friendly uh, <laughs> transaction. Kind of the shock and all plan. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then the county says, hey, new buyer, here you go. Here's your certificate of title. Buyer beware. Um, that's something that all investors hear all the time. Uh, you know, you, you play the game. This is the game of investment. And most of the time, if you're smart, you're going to win. But sometimes you're going to get burned. And, um, and that's true. That's true in any type of investment. However, uh, as I've been, I mean, this is my 19th year of doing this, um, and my probably fifth or sixth year of being uh, very heavily focused on the uh, residential purchase market in the Tampa Bay area and um, all of Florida, but specifically Tampa Bay. And I've seen so many investors um, just getting burned uh, financially and, and, and losing everything in some cases. Uh, it is... Uh, some of it is because the investors didn't take the time to learn from Tyler some of the, some of the basics, and they're they're truly ignorant, and they they see a oh my gosh this is um, I can buy this property for fifteen thousand dollars I can't believe no one else is bidding against me and look at this great deal I think I can sell it tomorrow for for ninety thousand I'm gonna well, get rich yeah and <laughs> and you could accept what you bought was an HOA foreclosure and there's another lender there, or there's a lender in a superior position uh, that takes a little longer to foreclose than an HOA. You just paid the HOA off and made them whole and now you are the title holder until the lender takes it from you. And then someone else will buy at their auction and you're just out. So that's, that's a common scenario of um, the person who really shouldn't call themselves an investor yet. They should be an investor apprentice or something, but... should be a lot of those. Yeah, there should be a lot more of those. Um, you know, what I find is the people that buy at the, at the auctions, they're, they don't have a choice but to pay cash mm. in most cases unless they've got a relationship with a hard money lender. Now, I know the hard money lenders are a little leery getting involved in auction properties because of what you just said. Their lien position is not guaranteed. Correct. But now with this solution that we're getting ready to talk about, you can afford... <clears throat> protection to them that they've never been used to having. Correct. The hard money lender over and above the investor. Both. So it's like a win-win and win. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's truly a no-brainer, and, and this is a new thing. Uh, no, no, no one's ever done this um, in the state of Florida that I'm aware of. Uh, when, I, when I've talked to the legal people at my underwriter companies, it's, it's a new concept to them, and they're really smart about this stuff, so I think they would have heard about it. But what we've developed here is a way to sell a title insurance policy to that investor after they purchase the property. So um, typical scenario, uh, investor goes, buys a property for $100,000, here's your cash, $100,000. County says, here's your certificate of title. And then that investor spends maybe three months uh, and... $20,000 of their money uh, rehabbing the property so that they can sell it to someone for, say, one fifty. Let me stop right there. Sure. Folks, when I hear, when I see a certificate of title, so if I'm out working with a client or I'm out looking at an acquisition for my own portfolio, and the first thing, when I see certificate of title, I automatically go red flag. And at that point, and I just want to, not to interrupt the flow of the episode, but at that point, I'm absolutely going to control title in this deal. Absolutely, without a doubt, because I want to know that the quality of title that either me or my investors or my client is receiving is valid. Now, along with that, you're able to write insurance, title insurance, or issue policies in other states as well, correct? Yeah, we, we actually handle, we, we can handle 46 different states. Okay. Uh, but over the last 
really three years, we have totally shifted our focus, or I guess narrowed our focus to uh, just the Florida market. And so, some of that's because the the logistics of getting things closed in different states uh, and the, the, the customs in different states and the taxes and the way um, the seasons work on taxes and things, are, are it varies so much that it's difficult to be accurate with everything. And, and, and quite frankly, we're, we're, we're good in every state. I think we're better than most in all of those states, but I feel like we're fantastic in Florida. And my bottom line, I make about three times as much on a Florida deal as I do a Mississippi deal. So there you go. But if and somebody is having a trouble finding a title company, is it possible they might be able to reach out or drop an email and get some sort of a referral? Yeah, yeah, of course. And um, if it's if it's a state that even uh, let's say it's Texas, where it's truly illegal for a non-resident uh, company to make to get paid there. We have a network through our underwriters. I can jump online and say, look, here's a fantastic Stewart agent in, in that county or, or, or whatever. So, yes. Cool. Okay. We can either, um, we'll take first crack at it. If it's something that we uh, think someone else could do a better job with or something that we can't get paid for, uh, we will refer Everybody's got to get paid. Yeah. Amen to that. So, we're back at the auction block. I've done a little bit of preliminary work. I've spent some time learning how to search for the obvious stuff myself, let's say, because I'm looking at several properties. I go to the auction, I bid, I win. What do I do next? Let me, um, if, if you don't mind me backing you up, let me tell sure. you about a, a, a real-life real scenario that's happening right now okay. um, in my company, and, and it's, uh, it's breaking my heart to watch it happen. We have, uh, I have an investor who's one of my favorite clients, for sure my favorite investor ever, um, very, very um, Brilliant guy, does uh, several deals a month. They're all high-end. They're all in this area. Um, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I thought I was your favorite investor because my deals are not high-end, <laughs> and they're not in this area. Well, I Did consider, you guys hear that? I consider you an investor guru, so you're in a, you're Oh, totally, guru, that's even worse. Totally different class oh, of person. dirty yeah. word. Yeah. Honestly, I don't know how this gentleman finds these properties, and I know for sure he wouldn't tell me if I asked him, but uh, the deals that he comes across are, they're, they're incredible. Uh, buy a property for 450 and, and sell it a month later for 700 and it's it's unreal. But um, So back to what's happening now. Uh, purchase a property. I'll use simple math, but uh, three months ago, I guess four, purchased a property for $300,000, certificate of title, Got a preliminary search done by a preliminary search company, and and th those are out there, and I can refer people to those, and I often do, and they do a very good job. Uh, they're very inexpensive, and they can tell you if there's something obviously wrong with the title to that property. They didn't catch anything. However, they also didn't insure anything. So they said, look, here's your report that doesn't carry any type of protection, but this is the information we're giving you. Right, um, and that's very much disclaimered all over it. Um, so he felt secure, as most people would. Purchased the property, put some money into it, uh, put I think about a hundred thousand into it, and is now is selling it for five hundred. So he's four hundred into it and getting five hundred and moving on to the next property. And the closing date was literally today, and yesterday, um, I guess it was Wednesday, they had to do an extension, I believe a thirty-day extension, trying to fix a problem that just came to light. And that problem is when the people who were foreclosed upon, husband and wife, uh, during the process, and remember, when you're being foreclosed on, until the certificate of title is issued by the county, you are the title holder to that property. You, you haven't lost your house until then. Um, during so, so anything that comes up up until that point can effectively go on the title? Yes. Ouch. What happened was in the middle of the foreclosure, the people died. And um, 
unfortunately, the attorney, and, and I'm not, I don't know exactly what happened, but what I, what I do know happened is he did not, or they did not bring the heirs, their two children, they didn't bring them into the foreclosure process. Had they done so, um, the heirs would have said, yeah, you know, whatever. They probably would have just gone along for the ride and not, not cared, and everything would have been done. That was the the way that that was found by our search was very very intricate because that's the type of search that you that we do um, when when there's a certificate of title, obviously. So the heirs weren't brought into the process, and now the best case scenario. <clears throat> Best case scenario, uh, we track down the heirs, which we've done, and we've sent quit claim deeds to them, and perhaps they sign the quit claim deeds. Um, there's no financial reason for them not to. Uh, there's no uh, gain uh, for them to try to take the property or something like that because it was extremely upside down. However, they also, I don't know these people, they, they could get the quit claim deed and say, what the heck is this? Let me get my lawyer. What do I do? Right. Or they could be, um, you know, extremely unsophisticated and just throw it away. They could be out of town. Maybe they're on a tour in Afghanistan. We don't know these things. We didn't have phone numbers for them. Um, the, the point is, so, so that's the best case. Worst case, believe it or not, is a, well, let's talk mid case. So that's best. The second best would be what is called a re-foreclosure, which isn't undoing everything. It's going back. Everything stays kind of the same as it is. They go back, and I don't know the mechanics of this, but they go back and grab those kids and drag them through um, a portion of the foreclosure process, and then and then we're good. That takes months. How so lovely. Now, Not to mention emotional strain. Yeah, months. And by then, you've got a buyer who's gone and probably um, for sure got the earnest money back and most likely or potentially is after you for some kind of damages. Right. And maybe you don't find a new buyer. Maybe the market turns and you don't get a, as good a price. So, so many things could happen. So that's that's the second best case. And then the worst case is an actual new foreclosure. And believe it or not, this is what's preferred by the title underwriters, where everything is undone. Um, the and again, I don't know the mechanics, but the investor gets his initial money back. But, but remember that word, initial. He um, loses title to the property. It goes back. The whole foreclosure happens again. Everybody spends money. Everybody spends time. And it goes back to the auction block. Wait a minute. Stop right there. I get my hundred grand back. Nope. I get my hundred grand back, but I don't get my rehab yes. money. You get your three hundred in, in this scenario with, with my current investor. He put three hundred in initially, put another hundred in to fix it up, and he's selling it for five. This hundred that he's invested out of his pocket, that's there's there's no there's no security there's no that's in the wind it's in the wind so and, just the initial investment goes back and um, you know if you extrapolate that thought it makes the property much more valuable the next time it goes to auction block of course because it's been rehabbed so so it's it's a it's a tough thing and I I we're all hopeful um, cautiously optimistic that these kids are going to sign the deeds. But if they don't, uh, maybe this is a follow-up episode, and I can tell you in three months what happened. And yeah, I think we absolutely have to, depending on the outcome, I want to hear what happened here because this thing can go six different ways and sideways. I could see that. Or um, the product that we now offer could have been offered then and could have insured against any type of loss like this. Um, so stop right there. Who? Yeah, that, that's a good question. There's no title insurance in the mix. Mm -hmm. Who's paying for this fix? Someone's got to pay for. I mean, there's 
if you've got quiet title suits and all this, there's legal fees and you don't have title insurance to cover this. Well, now the investor, the owner of the property, he has to pay to write this mess, doesn't he? He's hoping to, the, he, he's praying that he can pay these kids to sign the deeds. Here's a couple thousand bucks. Here's, uh -huh. you know, whatever. Because that's best case. And that wasn't in the rehab plan. No, of course <laughs> not. Neither was taking all this time. I mean, the, um, if you're an investor and you're using cash, it's not like you have limitless cash. So um, tomorrow, today, when this would have closed and funded, chances are this guy, as sharp as he is, has a property that he's bidding on Monday that he was going to use that cash for. And now it's not happening. So it's a it's a ripple effect that's, you know, huge. Wow. That's amazing. You know, and I see I see so many careless and I see more careless investors out there than I do cautious ones. Mm -hmm. It scares me because, you know, mm -hmm. and, and especially I'm putting myself in a position where I educate people. It blows me away that I see people taking this risk. I get it from some respect because, yeah, $150 a title search can get expensive after a while. However, how much will it cost if you don't do it, if you don't put one of these plans into play? So now, if he had done this, this plan that we're talking about, mm -hmm. this, the, the correct, well, first of all, the problem could have been identified right away, within a few weeks of... of yes. Um, what, uh, where we expect this product to go and where it seems to be going already is the, the typical scenario is, going, is, is not going to be the investor being so proactive that they're, they're giving us a couple weeks of time, of lead time before they even bid. Um, that's that's where it started, but that's that's not all that realistic because, as you know, Tyler, so many auctions get canceled the day before, a couple days sure. before when somebody decides they don't actually want to move out. Um, so where I know this is going is the investor purchased the property, spent the money, and then they contact us and say, I want title insurance on this property. So let's use this same example that we've been talking about, what he would have done, could have done, <laughs> frankly, if we were doing this then, I mean, uh, this, this is new, we're only a couple months into this, he would have said, oh, okay, Kevin, I just purchased this property, I want title insurance, we would have done the most detailed and in intricate examination of the foreclosure proceedings uh, possible, and we would have found that, that this problem existed okay, these people died and they had heirs. So that doesn't, and, and I would say to him, I'm sorry, but I, I'm not going to insure the title, which is bad news, certainly right. bad news, but it's bad news three months ago, and it's bad news $100,000 ago. What is, the most, what is the most precious resource that we have in the world? It's not it's love, time. it's not money, it is time. Absolutely. And what, is, what do we all run out of eventually? Time. What does every transaction run out of? Time. What did this one just run out of? time other than the extension which hurts everyone in every way buyer's rate lock expired today also by the way oh so, great yeah for all we know they can't get a mortgage now I mean, we don't know or maybe they don't want one at this point because if, if they were owner occupants they may they, they may be backed against the wall and need a place to live now he's got to go find another buyer they could have a semi full of furniture out, outside their hotel if there's a realtor in the mix the realtor technically could have a claim on their commission maybe Potentially. I brought you a, a you know, because there's lots of scumbag agents out there. would be like, I don't care what happened. I brought you a buyer ready, willing, and able. You couldn't close. Write me a check, boy. Yeah, so Ponce de Leon spent his whole life looking for the fountain of youth to, to, to add more time to lives, and that turned out to not work out, unfortunately. But with this method, we can add more time to a transaction, to, to your investment. So you're going to hold the property for three months, 
um, had he three months ago, had he said, I want title insurance, I would have said, okay, we did our entire search and we found this huge problem that must be fixed before you have insurable title. He has marketable title, but not insurable title. And that's a whole nother topic. But so then we would have tracked down those kids three months ago. And if they had, if they had lawyered up and it took them a month to, to figure it out and say, oh, let me just sign that because truly there's the only way that they could take the property would be to come in and pay the full judgment amount, with, which was about 500000 And it's already been rehabbed and only worth four, so they wouldn't do that. Um, it would make no sense. But we would have had all of that time, even before there was a buyer, even before the rehab started. Um, the, to correct the, the issue. The point is, yeah, so the investor at that moment can either say, based on what the issue is, and they are so numerous that we're not going to get into that, and I, there's no way I could even think of them all. There are hundreds of potential issues. <clears throat> Based on what it is, case by case, you say, let me fix it. Let me, um, it's going, it's a, let's say it's a judgment that expires in two years. Okay, let me not flip it. Let me hold it and rent it for two years. Well, exactly. And then it goes away. Or let me find another investor who doesn't care and dump it on them and, you know, and disclose everything and say, look, you can't have insurable title, but you can own the property. <clears throat> or, or let me, you know, rehab it while I'm fixing, or while I'm waiting to for the title issue to be fixed. The point is, it, it adds time, it adds flexibility, and you and you know what you're getting into in the beginning. Instead of, I mean, you just you just spent in this case, you just spent three hundred thousand dollars on a property, and knows physically what the property is, but doesn't know from a title standpoint for sure what he got. Yeah, and then he, and then drop another hundred grand into it, and then find out. Okay, so now that I've put all this money into it, let me, let me find out what it is. Yeah, that's kind of mind-blowing. And I hate this, I don't have a better way to say this, but I'm glad that we had the opportunity to bring this to light because when I talk to people out in the field, they're like, oh, that's a bunch of garbage. That never, nothing like that ever happens. Because nobody ever talks about what can go wrong. All the RIA meetings I go to, all the trainings that I've been to, everybody always talks about what goes right, the money, making the money, everything's great. If you hear something go wrong, it's usually because somebody ripped off somebody else. But you never hear of the down and dirty. Well, guess what? You bought a house that's a title train wreck. More importantly, you never hear about the solutions. What most people would hear about this situation and go, well, I'm not going to flip houses anymore, which probably wouldn't be a bad idea. Or, <laughs> as you all know, I'm not a big fan of flipping. But um, the other side of the coin is that maybe people would get out of real estate altogether because they, they think it's too much. But my takeaway is, with your, if you employ your solution and you're smart about it and you use strategy, you put these stopgap measures in place, at the end of the day, it costs you less money. Even if there isn't a problem, it still costs you less money than doing it, I'll say, halfway. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the money side because um, obviously investors are all about the bottom line. That's, sure. That's why they're investors. Yeah. So the, the thought would be, well, I don't want to spend the money up front. I don't want to spend the money when I purchase the property. I'm going to have to already spend money when I liquidate the property um, and sell that to an end buyer. So uh, if I could take a few minutes and run through a scenario sure. of, of, of how this actually works. So, uh, and you can call me for this, uh, for a replay of this, or just uh, listen to it again if I, if I go too fast. But let's say you're an investor. Um, the the $300,000 scenario isn't all that typical. So let's say you're buying a $100,000 property at auction and you're going to do it the old way which is you're going to get nothing related to title insurance until you sell the property 
three months later. So you're going to, you're going to buy for a hundred thousand, you're going to put 20,000 in, you're going to sell it for 150. So you're going to make 30,000. Sounds like a great deal. And it is. So the old way and the current way, $100,000, zero for title insurance, of course, zero for closing, zero protection. So the three months that you own the property and you put your $20,000 into it, you, you are protected by nothing. Rolling the dice. Rolling the dice. Or yeah. the revolver cylinder, one or the other, yeah. depending on how you choose. Yeah. <laughs> um, so three months later, you sell this property for $150,000. You're most likely paying the premium for your buyer. So $150,000 premium in the state of Florida. Title premium is eight twenty five. dollars So remember that number, eight twenty five. dollars Got it, 825. And uh, a typical closing fee to an investor when they're selling, if you're just kind of bouncing around from title company to title company, which many do, is $500. So just using that simple math, putting those two costs together, of course, we're not talking doc stamps and all that kind of stuff because that's going to remain the same in both of these scenarios. <clears throat> you've, you've spent $1,325, 825 plus 500. Right. Okay, <clears throat> so that's your bottom line cost in that scenario. Now, let's run that same property through my company with full insurance, okay? And let's assume there's nothing wrong. You, you purchase the property, you say, I want title insurance. Um, worst case, we say no, but here's how to fix it or here's why. Um, best case, and in most cases, <clears throat> we're going to say yes. We're gonna say, here's your $100,000 title insurance policy and you give me a check for $575, which is the promulgated rate for title insurance for a hundred thousand dollars so 575 is your investment and the entire three months that you own your property you are fully insured that you have clear title to that property which means your twenty thousand dollars never goes into a gray area of potentially being lost if there's a problem so and that's more cash out of your pocket <clears throat> so three months later same scenario you're selling the property for hundred and fifty thousand same title premium of 825 however the state of Florida requires us, us as title companies, to give you what's called a reissue credit or a prior title discount. You already invested the 575 into the $100,000 policy, which it's a simple, not simple, but it's a graph, that, um, that is a $245 discount. So the title premium for your buyer's end policy that you pay is 580, that's 825 minus 245. Right. Okay, so you're at 580. And you're also, what I'm going to do is discount the closing fee from 500 to 100 because it's a repeat deal. It's a much simpler um, uh, search for me to do. And quite frankly, as soon as you sell the property, the policy that you purchased from me in the beginning for 575 becomes null and void because you no longer own it. So that 575, that, that $100,000 policy was only at risk of claim for three months. So that's a safer position for me to be in. So instead of 500, it's 100. So you're spending 580 for the premium to your buyer, 100 for that closing, plus your initial 575 investment, total 1255. So it is 1325 for you to be completely unprotected and at risk the entire time, or 1255. That's amazing. For complete protection. Now, now keep in mind, uh, if you do this same thing with the run through these same numbers with a, you know, with a $500,000 deal or something like that, it, it, the, the reissued credits become less and not every deal is the same, but it, this is simply to illustrate the fact that you could spend the same 
or less, potentially less, probably about the same, and sometimes more, <laughs> to be in a position of complete protection and security, or you could continue doing it the way you're doing it, rolling the dice and winning most of the time. Well, you're never going to pay. I see these. Well, you do too. I'm preaching to the choir. But those of you that are listening, it takes one good title issue and you're done. Done. Uh, you're, you're done. <clears throat> and this is the thing. If you're, if you're out there, if you're in a big rush, and I talk about this all the time, if you're out there in a big rush, I don't care whether you're flipping, buying and holding, wholesaling, whatever you're doing is your exit strategy. you got to make sure you're diligent on, number one, your paperwork. Most importantly, the condition of title of these properties. Because if the title's not right, nothing's right. Now, I just saw another, I just thought of another bonus here. One of the big reasons that hard money lenders are not a fan of lending on properties that are purchased at an auction is because they really can't have any uh, sense of security based on the condition of title. But this little plan that you're coming up with kind of opens the door for hard money lenders to reduce their risk position. There are, there are a bunch of reasons hard money lenders don't like um, these types of deals. Um, one is because it's an investor. Uh, and when investors, um, we, we all saw this happen when the bubble burst a few years ago, the most investors were also homeowners. And if, if I live in one home and I own nine others, yeah. guess, which one's let, get, guess which one gets let go last? It's right. the one I live in, of course. So, so there's a, that's a little bit of a red flag. Uh, but yeah, the other glaring red flag is there's no, there's no insurance of their lien position. <clears throat> what that means is the hard money lender says, hey, investor, here's a mortgage. Um, these are the terms. Here's the note. Everything looks great. Here we go. Maybe they did a quick search also, but they're not actually insured. So <clears throat> when, if, God forbid, they have to foreclose on that investor. They come in and they do it the right way. They're a lender. There's nothing. There's, there's nothing wrong with them foreclosing. And there's another lien. There's an old mortgage. There's an HOA lien. Um, they they can't foreclose. So so it's scary for them. So um, Tyler, guess what? The additional cost for the lender's policy, and this is set by the state also. The additional cost in this scenario of $100,000 deal for the $100,000 lender's policy to also be insured. Take a guess at what that would cost. $300. Bucks. Mm, $25. $25. It's called the simultaneously issued lender's policy. So we issue the owner's policy and the lender's policy at the same time, and that simultaneous issuance for the lender can be as low as $25, set by the state. We can charge more. But oh, we can, that's huge. We can, yeah. $25. So, folks... You're out there, you're thinking about buying from the auction. Before you do so, obviously we talked about you need to do your homework. Step two is, you know, you, you do a preliminary search. Make sure things are good to go. You're getting close on a property. You're looking at your exit strategies. Understand what you're getting yourself into. If you're still ready to pull the trigger and you pull the trigger, you get out, you pick up the phone. You call insured title. I imagine you probably want us to call Matt. Yes. Matt's the manager over mm -hmm. here. Matt's the title manager, and he's um, he's the one who's the most in the loop on this, and he handles the nuts and bolts uh, going back and forth with everybody. You pick up the phone, you call Matt. Matt's going to collect the initial fee from you, correct? And then we're going to get the wheels going and get you guys protected, get you heading down the right road. Before we round up here is the fact that, you know, if you buy a property and you have these title issues, there are exit strategies. We touched on it briefly, but if you're going to flip the property... And now you decide you can't flip the property for whatever. You always have the opportunity to 
do a lighter rehab perhaps, even if there's title issues, and turn it into a rental. There's all kinds of options. The bottom line is still get the, the, take the steps and make, get the protections in place because all problems can be worked out. No situation is completely hopeless. It just depends on really how much money you want to throw at it. And the question you have to ask yourself is, do you want to throw your money at it or would you rather have the title insurance policy throw their money at it? And that's really my takeaway from it when it comes down to take those steps to move on. So if you want to reach out to Matt, uh, you can reach him at 813-855-3585. That's 813-855-3585. That's Matt from Insured Title. Kevin, I appreciate you coming on the show today. Thank you very much. And for those of just a little bit of uh, housekeeping, for those of you that have not yet joined the Facebook group, we are doing going to be doing webinars or little meetings. About trying to, I'll try to do it at least once a week. I'll be covering a range of different topics, negotiation tactics, sales tactics, title work, all of the different aspects of real estate investing that you want to know. Those will all be available via a Zoom session. Zoom is an online meeting. It's free of charge. The way to get access to that information and get on the list is to take part in our Facebook group. To reach our Facebook group, go to cashflowguys.com forward slash group, cashflowguys.com forward slash group. As always, if you want to schedule some time with me, you need help getting off the couch, figuring out what to do, get unstuck, get uncluttered, go to cashflowguys.com forward slash ask Tyler. If you decide that you're ready, you've already talked to me, it's time to get moving in the right direction. You got the gun loaded, you're ready to pull the trigger, you're ready to take your investing career to the next level. And you just simply need a coach, a mentor, someone to keep you going, to teach you how to negotiate, give you the skills that you need to pull the triggers and get that passive income going. Someone that's going to vet your deals for you and make sure that you don't get burnt. Someone that's going to be in your corner during the whole process. You can schedule an hour consultation with me. That is one hour free of charge at cashflowguys.com forward slash coach. Cashflowguys.com forward slash coach. Remember, that link is for those that are ready to go now. Thanks again, folks. Have a great week. We'll catch up with you next time. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.